the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Friday, May 13th, 2022. I run almost uh, every other day uh, religiously. And when you run as early as I do, you have to run early to beat the heat. When you run, uh, your mind (laughs) goes into interesting places sometimes. I was thinking this morning about Memorial Day, Memorial Memorial Day plans, that sort of thing. And it had me thinking a little deep, a little more deeply than uh, the Memorial Day uh, weekend that will be coming up later this month. It took me to a conversation I'd had with an author friend of mine uh, a little while ago. We were working on a project, and he said something that threw me aback. I had asked him what he was worried about regarding our country. Deeply patriotic man, very accomplished author. You'd know his name if I said it. He said, you know, I've been thinking a lot about 2026, and I'm really worried about that. And I said, why 2026, thinking it isn't even a presidential election year? which it isn't. And he said, well, it will be the 250th anniversary of America's birthday, birthday of the United States of America, 250th anniversary. And he said, you do recall how much patriotism and love of country there was surrounding 1976, our bicentennial. And I said, I did. He's a little older, but I remembered it. And he said, well, I'm really worried about coming 2026. We will have totally robbed ourselves of what we had in 1976, or for that matter, 1926, and there won't be anything like it, not for him to show and celebrate with his kids the way he remembers the fervor from 76, 1976. What an interesting thought. I, uh, though younger than my friend, as I say, well, remember 1976. I ask if you recall it as well. It was a big year of patriotic sentiment and good feeling. I remember singing a ton of patriotic songs and flags everywhere and President Jerry Ford. That's what I recall. And now my friend is worried we have ourselves so run down this country that the 250th anniversary may be may just be a sad or vapid thing, if not a total shadow of anything like what we recall from our bicentennial. It's been 46 years since then. A little more than a generation, just a little more. When Harry Jaffa wrote a book about the American Revolution in 1976, he opened it thusly, quote, In 1776, the United States was, so to speak, nothing, but it promised to become everything. In 1976, the United States, having, in a sense, become everything, promises to become nothing. Have we become less relativistic in the last 46 years? Have we become more patriotic in the last 46 years? Have we become smarter and more serious about our country and our founding? Or rather, have we created a sluice in our education system and throughout the rest of the culture to make America and American patriotism to turn it into a down market commodity? Two national anthems where the second one is to stand side by side with the first, but to apply only to one race, rewarded famous scholars on the issue of racism, telling us we must engage in present, 
future and permanent discrimination, even as we learned the notion of segregation now, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever, was the badge of all that required a Civil Rights Act in the first place. A new founding date so that Lincoln and Jefferson and Madison and Washington were all wrong and there is no four score and seven years ago anymore, no 1776, but rather some date nearly 160 years earlier we'd never heard of so that freedom and equality, the banners of our founding, could be replaced with slavery and racism as the founding calling card. By the way, yes, I'm talking about the 1619 Project. Now, if you wondered if you missed the 400th anniversary of 1619, a couple of years ago, you didn't. There was no quarter centenary for that because there is nothing to celebrate in that. And that's kind of the larger point, making America here now nothing to celebrate either. Four score and seven would have had to have been replaced by Lincoln with 12 score and two if we were to rewrite the Gettysburg Address. But there's really no need for that because it's not studied anymore anyway. Seriously funded and Democratic Party-backed organizations that call for the disruption of Western prescribed nuclear family structures, massive social and communication organizations that believe the ground for political discussion and debate should only allow for one side, an office in the White House dedicated to ferreting out disinformation, the censorship of stories and newspapers by those organizations, those same organizations, in order to shape and change a presidential election, a political party that believes the federal courts were established to merely reinforce majority sentiment, a Department of Justice that haunts parents for speaking up against the state at school board meetings. I think a bit more about these things as we head into the summer because I've always thought of the summer as basically two things, Memorial Day and the 4th of July, both, to me, times to cry. The first, Memorial Day in eternal thanks, and the second, 4th of July in incalculable gratitude. But in any event, I thought of what my friend was saying, and I thought about something Lincoln worried about in his time. It was in his Lyceum Address. You've heard me redound to it several times recently where he was worried about the founding generation in 1838 dying off, where people would not get to know them, meet them, hear from them directly anymore. He said, quote, This state of patriotic pride must fade, is fading, has faded, with the circumstances that produced it. I do not mean to say, he went on, the scenes of the, that the scenes of the revolution are now or ever will be entirely forgotten, but that, like with everything else, they must fade upon the memory of the world and grow more and more dim by the lapse of time. In history, we hope they will be read of and recounted so long as the Bible shall be read. But even granted that they will, their influence cannot be what it heretofore has been, even then, they cannot be so universally known nor so vividly felt as they were by the generation just gone to rest. At the close of that struggle, he continued, nearly every adult male had been a participator in some of its scenes. The consequence was that of those scenes in the form of a husband, a father, a son, or brother, a living history was to be found in every family. A history bearing the indubitable testimonies of its own authenticity in the limbs mangled, in the scars of wounds received, in the midst of the very scenes related. A history, too, that could be read and understood alike by all, the wise and the ignorant, the learned and the unlearned, 
But those histories are gone, Lincoln lamented. They can be read no more forever. They were, he said, a fortress of strength. But what invading foemen could never do? Great phrase he's about to use. The silent artillery of time has done. The leveling of its walls. They are gone. They were a forest of giant oaks. But the all-resistless hurricane has swept over them and left only here and there a lonely trunk despoiled of its verdure, shorn of its foliage, unshading and unshaded, to murmur in a few gentle breezes and to combat with its mutilated limbs a few more ruder storms, then to sink and be no more. They were the pillars of the Temple of Liberty, he said, now They have crumbled away. The temple must fall unless we, their descendants, supply their places with other pillars hewn from the solid quarry of sober reason. Passion has helped us, but can do so no more. It will in future be our enemy. Reason, cold, calculating, unimpassioned reason must furnish all the materials for our future support and defense. And we should let those materials be molded into general intelligence, sound morality, and in particular a reverence for the Constitution and laws and say that we improved so that it will be said that we improved to the last, that we remained free to the last, close quote. How wonderful is that? How wonderful is that? Then I started thinking about the state of our reasoning, unimpassioned reasoning and thinking and talking about our country. And the general intelligence we do mold about it via our various outlets, from schools to news and commentary to entertainment. Reverence for the Constitution? Give me a break. Where do you find it? Or any understanding or appreciation of it in our schools, news and commentary and entertainment industries anymore? How do we even reflect on and study it anymore? We face crisis after crisis or are forced to face crisis after crisis to keep us in constant and continual anxiety, first and foremost, about our country. America can do no right, according to the elite narrative, and thus we do tremble a little, don't we, in thinking about how we will celebrate the semi-quincentennial, which is what we would call the 250th anniversary of our birth. This nation was not founded on an opinion, wrote Walter Burns. The men who declared our independence said we hold these truths to be self-evident and in support of this declaration they pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. No one would make such pledges in support of a mere opinion, knowing it to be merely an opinion and therefore no more worthy of respect than an opposite opinion. Would Americans have fought for the Union and almost 400,000 of them died fighting for it? If they had been taught in their schools that the union was founded on nothing more than an opinion concerning human nature and the rights that affix to it? Would they have fought if they thought the opinion, never mind the principle, wrong? Would they have fought if they thought it a fraud, inaccurate, the wrong date, the wrong century? Not likely, but fight they did. And for that, we honor them. Because of them and the patriots who followed them at Normandy and Bastogne, Guadalcanal and Iwo Jima, Midway and the Coral Sea and Korea and Kuwait, and yes, even Vietnam and Iraq and Afghanistan and so many other places this country has endured and with it has endured the last best hope of Earth. Elie Wiesel once wrote that just as forgetfulness is at the heart of exile, memory is at the heart of redemption. 
memory here would constitute better knowing our history and why better men than ourselves or myself, to borrow from John Stuart Mill, have been willing to sacrifice their lives in war to keep the rest of us free and sacrifice their lives in peace to keep the rest of us safe. Aristotle put it that the character of the regime is shaped by the character of the people. We are not an angry people and we are not a mindless people. We often need reminders of that, however. The historian, Catherine Drinker Bowen, was working on a piece about American history. She had writer's block and wrote to another historian, Bernard DeVoto, explaining her frustrations. Here's what he wrote her back. Quote, if the mad, impossible voyage of Columbus or Cartier or LaSalle or Coronado or John Ledyard is not romantic, if the stars did not dance in the sky when the Constitutional Convention met, if Atlantis has any landscape stranger or the other side of the moon, any lights or colors or shapes more unearthly than the customary homespun wisdom of Abraham Lincoln and the morning coat of Jackson, well, I don't know what romance is then. Ours is a story mad with the impossible. It is by chaos out of a dream. It began as a dream, and it has continued as a dream down to the last headline you read in a newspaper. The simplest truth you can ever write about our history will be charged and surcharged with romanticism. Yes, we used to be romantic about ourselves here, and it strikes me, too, we were a better country when we were. Every once in a while, I just think this needs to be said, and maybe, maybe, maybe after enough running of ourselves down, we can be 70, 1776 again, where we promise to become everything again, and not necessarily the forward and future from 1976, where we promised to become nothing. For nihilism, like relativism, were not our founding philosophies, nor the philosophies of our greatest successes here. Natural right and political right were. That's strong medicine, and I think we could all use a dose of it just now. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960, portions of which are brought to you by the good folks at Balance of Nature. Good folks because they have a great product, but also they're doing a great thing uh, that's uh, designed to help uh, kind of address some of what I was talking about as we're heading into 2026. Balance of Nature is trying to do a, uh, a, a thing where they will be promoting the learning, the study, and the teaching of American history. And I'll tell you more about it, but it's kind of an uh, – you're going to start seeing some ads about it using this great ultra athlete named Tom Jones who's running 76 marathons in 76 days in order to promote – uh, this, uh, this this history lesson. I'm going to tell you all about it. It's about the opening of a history village in Utah. And he's going to be running through Phoenix uh, on behalf of Balance of Nature, which is his sponsor. And um, I'm going to join him. I'm going to join him on his run in Phoenix. It'll probably be early <laughs> or at night because he's going to be here in June. And I'll tell you more about that if any of you want to join us on that run as well. But I just love Balance of Nature's product, balanceofnature.com. They're fruits and veggies, 100% natural, and it's fueling Tom Jones. It'll fuel you, too. It fuels me. Make sure and use discount code BALANCE, 
Balanceofnature.com, discount code BALANCE. Mike is in Maricopa. Hi, Mike. Yes, good afternoon, Seth. You were discussing the part of about the bicentennial. Uh, I was in basic training at Fort Leonard Wood uh, at that time. And I remember, and it's a pretty significant thing, we had only started basic two weeks before the bicentennial came up, and they pretty much shut the whole base down, and we were allowed to get out and mingle with our short hair and our goofy clothes and everything and actually go out to where the parade ground was, where the fireworks were going to be, and that's usually unheard of. You're pretty much in lockdown in your first two weeks or your first whole period of when you're in basic training. So, yes, it was a very significant time in our country. I remember I it very know. well. I was just a young kid. You were a young kid, too, I suppose. What were you, about 22, 23, something like that? I think I was 18. 18, yeah. even younger. And what, where's Fort – that's in some – where is that? Is that in uh, Kansas? Missouri. 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 Okay. But, yeah. So, you know, there are certain places where – I had this discussion, Mike. Maybe you've seen it. Um, maybe you can add to it. I had this discussion with a friend uh, of mine who's an occasional guest on this show. We were talking about um, some of the places in America that some of our favorite country musicians sing about. And, you know, this – it's it's not particularly the theme of the country music song, but they in these songs they will talk about – uh, patriotic um, activities, you know, um, and, and any anything from Oki and Muskogee all the way to modern and more current country music about places in America. And I was just lamenting to him that it's really increasingly hard to find those places. But middle America, if I can call Missouri that, is, I don't mean it pejoratively, but the middle part of America, you do find it more than you do find it on the on the coasts, don't you? You do find that patriotic sentiment and fervor there. They've been un, un, unadulterated. That's the word I want to use. Unadulterated by the elite culture in a way that's a little stronger than places uh, from California to New York. And even, you know, even even I'm sorry to say parts of Arizona that have become susceptible to the modern age. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. The more rural areas, they have a better appreciation. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think yep. it might go back to, say, World War II about how they sent their sons and daughters to the the farm-raised boys yeah. to go over there to do what needed to be done, and yeah. they have a deep appreciation. Yeah, about the uh, country western songs of Johnny Cash, it seems like there's a song he does of about he goes into a town and there's some... Ragged Old Flag, flag is probably what you're talking about. Is it Ragged there Old Flag? I love yeah, but, that song. You want me to do the lyrics of Ragged Old Flag? They're great. Oh, my go. gosh. Oh, oh, I hear... I hear the music. Yeah, did quick, you have but, something else you wanted uh, to say? Thing, you can hold if you want. We'll, we'll, we'll just, put, yeah, hold, hold on, Mike. We'll, we'll put you on on the other side of this break. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. Mike's in Maricopa. Thank you again, Mike, for your patience, sir. Go right ahead. Oh, that's quite all right. I just we were just reminiscing about the bicentennial and where I was then. We yeah. always have a tendency to remember. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I would really like to thank you ahead of time, 
and it really means a lot to me that what you're going to do on the week of the 23rd, yeah. I just want to say thank you about these stories. Of, of oh, Memorial you're so Day. kind to say that. Um, let me explain what we are doing, uh, as long as you're on, on the line, Mike, and uh, reminding us. We're calling our, – our tagline is that we don't know them all, but we owe them all. So we're going to be commemorating as best we can – uh, those who, you know, paid with their last full measure of devotion in uh, honoring uh, what they gave so that we could, what they paid the price of freedom for so that we could have freedom. So what we're asking for are stories from you folks in the audience uh, of friends, family members you know of who did pay that ultimate price. And during that week, as you say, Mike, May 23rd, every day I'll be reading those stories that you folks submit those incredible stories of heroism from you, our listeners. And while we obviously will honor every single story, we will select at random one story. We don't know how best or a better way to do this. We're just going to blindly select one story that will be honored uh, by the person uh, with the, to the person who submitted it. We're going to give them a flag, a United States flag that has flown over the United States Capitol in Washington, D.C., it was flown specifically in honor of all our veterans. That was done as the brainchild of Jim Ryan, our GM here. So uh, this Memorial Day, we are asking you to share a special part of history with us, yours. Uh, share your special story, and then on the week of May 23rd, we'll be reading it. So that's what we're doing, Mike. Thanks for thanks for pointing that out. Yeah. Here to the honorable oh, finds it's good. due. The, yes. Uh, you know, you sometimes I think about what led up to seventeen or nineteen seventy six, and you know uh, the the things that really got the nation going. We had the moon landing, and we were going there and doing things. And yeah, maybe Jimmy Carter was president, but it wasn't the worst of times. But there were things to look up to. And you know, they had, I bet you if you'd look into your pocket right now, you'd find a bicentennial quarter in there. It's not that, I mean, they're plentiful out there. You know what you have me thinking about, Mike, you know what you got me thinking about when you just said that, and it never dawned on me until you just planted the seed. Yeah, we were coming off the heels of some great achievements, but we were also coming off the heels of some terrible nadirs, some terrible sloths in our history, weren't we? If you think about 1976, it was two years after the first president of the United States to resign ever resigned. Uh, Agree or not, it was a disgraceful moment, right? Uh, Or a sad moment. Disgraceful or sad, one way or the other, uh, depending on your party, and certainly unique. You think about 1976 as well. It's a year after our evacuation, ignominious evacuation of Saigon. Um, And, of course, you know, certainly in the memory was the moon landing, but also, you know, it wasn't 10 years out from the assassinations of Martin Luther King and Bobby Kennedy and the riots that uh, stalked our country in the major cities. You think about it that way, which I hadn't done until you just gave me that thought. Yeah, um, maybe, 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 maybe ain't nobody seen the rainbow until he's seen the rain you know maybe nobody's seen the sunshine until they've seen the rain as jim croce once saying and maybe 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 that's how we engage in our continual self-renewal we have to go through these peaks and and valleys these hills and dales unfortunately unfortunately and then we rescue ourselves in the nick of time maybe maybe that's what we're going through now maybe the analog holds is that possible 
I think so. You know, there's one thing that I've seen lately in the last day. Maybe I'll, I'll put part of it on COVID. Yeah. But there's been, uh, because our VFW every yeah. Memorial Day and Veterans Day, we have flag raising ceremonies. Yeah. And it used to be the Boy Scouts were there, yep. the mayor, the city council, the yeah. whole nine yards. Yeah. And now you'll be lucky if you get and people that show up. So, you know, God bless America. You know, if we're such a rotten country, why does everybody in the world want to come here? People risk their lives and die daily to come here. And how dare these people come over here and criticize our country? We send our sons and daughters over here to rescue these people in their time of need. And until you've been to another country and really seen the love in these other people's eyes of what they see when the Americans show up, because they know it's not just uh, doom and gloom anymore. People love America. And it just burns me when I hear all these people that live here in the United States that take everything for granted, and all they want to do is daily criticize our country. It just, it galls me. God bless America, and God bless Seth Liebson. No, Thanks. My gosh. No, God bless you, Mike. Thank you for your service. Be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. That call from Mike, I'm glad he took it right to the break. I didn't have words sufficient to meet what he said. Thank you, Mike, again for your service and your comments about this country. You bet. How dare people here talk about it being systematically racist when you see people from all walks of life and ethnicities doing everything they can to get here? Um, Every country has gates. That's how you test a country. Right, Bill? You look which way do people run when those gates are lifted. Do they run out or do they run in? And where do they run to even when the gates aren't lifted? They run to this country. They run to this country. We used to say if you were in some supposedly God-forsaken country, I say supposedly because I don't believe any country is God-forsaken, but if you were in some supposedly God-forsaken war-toward country, a miserated place, huddled down and hunkered down in a war zone and you saw a foreign army marching over the hill towards you, you pray. You pray that that army's carrying the American flag. You know, how dare these people? How dare these people? Rashida Tlaib's family and Ilan Omar's family, they didn't, they didn't go to France. They didn't go to Italy. They came here and this country helped bring them here. So, yeah, you're right, Mike. People outside this country who want to condemn us Look at which way the people are running in their countries. But more importantly, what do you say about the people here who have been given this great miraculous privilege and blessing of liberty only to trash it on the international scene for nothing more than partisan purposes? That's what's so sickening to me. Hovan is in Avondale. I hope I'm saying your name right. Hovan? Yes. Good afternoon, uh, Seth. Thank you. Um, Thank you for taking my call. Of course, thank you. As a as a son of immigrants from the Middle East, um, it, it it's incredible being a nation of immigrants. What is the one word of what everyone seeks here? Liberty. Mm. Mm-hmm. They they come here for liberty. What does liberty include? Freedom, freedom of speech, freedom to uh, freedom of enterprise, mm-hmm. being able to make a dollar and earn it, mm-hmm. not be given a 
freebie handout. Mm-hmm. And coming up on 250 years, which it's a great reminder, yeah. you know, where have we come to this point? And why are we being ridiculed for being patriotic? Yeah. Why are we being ridiculed of celebrating, celebrating our success, yeah. whether it be small or large? Yep. I always was I, I was always fascinated by the notion that the left in this country and the Democratic Party more generally, Hovon, I am saying that right, correct, Hovon? Is that right? yes? Okay, yes, you are. I um, I, you know, I I I I am just simply amazed that a major political party in this country thinks it's a good idea, uh, or even can have the uh, Constitution within itself to condemn something called America. First, but moreover, make America great again. MAGA has now become an epithet, a negative, a pejorative. They've even tried to make it worse with ultra MAGA, like ultra making American great again. I have a listener, Joe, who wrote, they're so stupid they didn't even think of <laughs> to make it like mega MAGA, which would have been smarter. <laughs> they're so stupid they should have said mega MAGA, right? Um, exactly. But, but, uh, but the idea that making this country great or standing uh, up for the notion that we put this country first um, to ourselves and for ourselves and right. for our fellow countrymen is should be pejorative, should be embarrassing and shameful. Who do they think they are and what country do they want to make great? Or do they just not think as, you know, they say the quiet part out loud from time to time. Andrew Cuomo, governor of New York, said it when he was governor. America was never that great. Who are these people? Who are these people, and, and why are we giving they, them the time of day? Exactly, and supposedly they, they took an oath of office when they when they got elected to uphold the Constitution. Yeah. Well, they're not upholding anything. They're not upholding even the, the paper it's written on. All, all they do is call it uh, call it old and outdated. Yeah. And that it should be it should be just you know, thrown away and replaced using their words, not mine. But uh, it, it's it's incredible that. When when we when we tell them, well, if you don't like it, leave. They don't leave because they know what they have here. Well, mo- even more good. importantly, when they promise to leave, they don't fulfill their own promises. Never mind, <laughs> you know. Right. right? Twenty sixteen was a, was a, was supposed to be a year of exodus, mass exodus. They were going to leave in droves because because uh, how dare Trump get elected? And, uh, you know, how, how many left? Maybe a few that were really committed to that uh, idea. And for those that left, congratulations, you're, you're missing out. But that's okay, because there, there are enough patriots here in this country that, that, uh, that agree that there is something better here than anywhere else in the world, and that we are free to go ahead and say it. Because for the time being, at least, and, and, I, and I hope it lasts forever, but we are able to say that we are free and we are able to speak our minds and we are able to have an, an honest debate and discussion about it not screaming at each other yet but being able to say you know what we're, we're all here together we're here for for the betterment of, of 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 ourselves our family our community our neighborhood and that's that's some of the principles well, of liberty. Well, yeah why is I that so I, hard to I, grasp that people cherish that i suppose because we've become spoiled in a sense and taken so much for granted do you know what leads to screaming and shouting censorship is what leads to screaming and shouting because everyone wants right. to be heard about whatever their opinion is which is what the kind of american right. notion of freedom of speech is go back and 
not just look at that Norman Rockwell picture of freedom of speech, but look at the – I did this once before. Maybe I should do it again next week. The essay that accompanied uh, that, that picture in, um, in, in, in the Saturday Evening Post, you know, of that, of that man speaking up at the New England Town Hall meeting. It looks like it could be a school board meeting today, right? right? Man who looks like a right. young Abraham Lincoln. There was an accompanying essay that was beautifully written to attach to that picture when they put it in the Saturday Evening Post, and it's an imaginary dialogue about why there should be no freedom of speech. And it's a dialogue that takes place between Adolf Hitler and Joseph Stalin. I should redo that for Let me take a quick commercial break. Thank you, Hovan. Thank you for helping make us a better country by your family's presence here as well. If you're looking for a great investment opportunity, the great return for investors, check out my friends at Y Refi. They help people who are doing their best to dig out a debt the right way by paying off their debts, doing so with dignity. Y-Refi is a due diligence approved firm run by really great people who are doing really well. They're taught, they're offering a no load fixed interest rate up to 10.25% for investors, all in a secure and collateralized portfolio. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Thanks for spending some of your week, some of your day with us. We don't take this for granted at all. Thank God it's Friday, but you know what? I'm a thank God it's Monday, too. I'm the most blessed, privileged person to come here and talk with you all every day. I love doing it. I love talking with people that um, love their country and want to do as much as they possibly can to save it. Let's talk about saving this country. Abraham Lincoln, in his annual message to Congress, 1862 used to be called that. Now it's called the State of the Union. But he said, the fiery trial through which we pass will light us down in honor or dishonor to the last generation. We say we are for the Union. The world will not forget that we say this. We know how to save the Union, and the world knows we do know how to save it. We, even we here, hold the power and bear the responsibility. In giving freedom to the slave, we assure freedom to the free, honorable alike in what we give and what we preserve. We shall nobly save or meanly lose this, the last best hope of earth. We all used to know that. We all used to know that about this country. We all appreciated it in 1976. We've had fits and starts and have appreciated it here and there since then. But lately, it's been awfully far off in the distance, in the distance, hasn't it? Well, let's make our darndest effort here and for the next several years to get it again, to grab it again, to own it again, to possess it so that we never again lose it. The stakes are just too high. Folks, until Monday. God bless you all. I'm Seth, and class is dismissed. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.